We're doing a series on understanding keys of divine healing. Now, here's the cool thing. Faith works the same in every area. We've talked a lot about how to receive not only healing, but anything, any promise of God. Week one, we talked about how healing belongs to you. In week two, we talked about how that you hear and be healed, that you have to have ears to hear, that we live our life having ears to hear. That's because we have to be able to get revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit of the Word of God. And then we spent the last two weeks on renewing our mind. And we talked a lot about that, how that the Word of God, as you implant the Word of God into your heart, and the Holy Spirit brings revelation of that Word, how it washes over your mind, and it brings salvation to your soulish realm. We were very clear in this. What happens in a believer's life is when you got saved, you were made new on the inside. Your spirit man, not only does it not want to sin, but according to Romans chapter 7, it can't sin. So the whole key is, we, we, as we live as believers, meditating in the word day and night, so that we can hear and gain revelation, because see, we still have to deal with this flesh that we live in. It's our, we, we're, I am a spirit and I live in a body, and this body was not given the new nature. It wasn't given the nature of God. It still has that old de spiritual death nature to it. So it's pride, selfish, all this stuff. So I've got to, I, the spirit man, Tony, have got to present my body a living and holy sacrifice. In other words, I tell my body what it does. No, we're not going to say that. No, we're not going to do that. Yes, we are going to do this. Yes, we are going to forgive this person, right? Yes, we are not going to be upset. No, we're not going to get in fear. Emotions calm down. I don't have a spirit of fear, right? So fear, you got to leave in Jesus' name. This is how we live, and, and we present our body, that living and holy sacrifice, and then we meditate in the Word of God because the Word of God is the only spiritual food. It's the only thing that will grow your spirit up. Your spirit man was complete in him the day you got born again, but you not completely developed. You have to feed your spirit to grow it up, and as you grow your spirit up, what happens is you're renewing your mind with the word of God. The law of the mind says this. If you, if you impart or implant the word of God in your spirit, it will bring forth behavior. That is the law of the mind because it affects your mind. So it's all about developing, up, developing yourself spiritually, renewing your mind, right? And controlling your flesh. And we talked about that the last two weeks. I want to encourage you. These are very foundational teachings that would help you. Uh, they're very foundational teachings that you, you'll want to have outlines. You'll want to have these scriptures in your Bible so that you can sit with those that you're discipling and growing up in the Lord and help them with that. Tonight, I want to really get into and hit a, a big subject. And we want to talk about how to, how to receive through faith what God has provided by his grace, okay? So we were going to talk about faith tonight. So go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. What a great place to start. Romans chapter 10, we're going to talk about faith that receives, right? Because faith is a receiver, always. You want to put your faith to work. You don't work. You let your faith work, right? Remember, we talked about that. Uh, I don't know if it was on Wednesday or on Sunday, but we've talked about how that patience, which is one of the fruit of our spirit, it's endurance. And what happens is as you meditate in the word of God and you walk in revelation of his word, because you've put him first, now what happens is this force of patience, it's a spiritual force, it comes out of your spirit and will keep your mind very much shored up and keep it on the word of God so that faith can go out and work and bring into this realm what you already own, what you've already been given in the spirit realm. Everything you need has already been provided, but it's not going to do you any good in heaven, right? If you, have, if, if you need a new knee, it's going to be better for you here than in heaven, right? Well, how that comes, we receive everything that God's given us by his grace. We receive it through faith. 
Okay, so let's talk about this. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 6. You excited about this tonight? You could take what you learned tonight and receive everything that God has given you. It's wonderful. It says at the first half of Romans chapter 10, verse 6, it says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. Okay? That's, we just want to focus on the first half. This is the way the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Now, what that means, if you study the book of Romans, the whole book of Romans talks about how that you and I have been made the righteousness of Almighty God, and all we had to do to be made the righteousness of God was to simply believe what God said, that he sent his son, that his son died for our sin, that his son rose again, and he redeemed mankind. And when I believe that, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus you're my Lord. The Holy Spirit of God now has legal access to come into me and, may, and take out the spirit man that is dead and separated from him. And I am removed from spiritual death now. He places a brand new spirit in me and I become born again. So literally the Bible says Jesus was made to be sin so that I would be made the very righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? You know, I mean, the whole law given in the Old Testament, all these ordinances, all these, all these rules and laws, they were all designed to show man that in himself he could never match up. He could never measure up. He needed a Savior. And now I've been made righteous by faith. So now the righteousness, which is of faith, it speaks this way. This is the way it speaks. So let's look at verse 8 because it tells us the way that it speaks. But what saith it? What does that mean? What does the righteousness which is of faith say? What does it say? Now notice, I didn't say you were clothed in righteousness. Like, you know, we're all really excited that we all came tonight with clothes, Right? That would have been a little awkward if, if some people showed up without clothes tonight, right? But you know, you all either wore clothes that you put on this morning, or maybe you changed at the end of your workday and you put on new clothes and you came here. When you go home tonight, you're going to take those clothes off probably, put on some pajamas or whatever, right? You take clothes on and you take them off. But righteousness you never take off. You never put it on. You were made righteous. When? The moment you said, Jesus, come into my heart, be Lord of my life. You were made righteous. The Bible says if you sin, now we know from Scripture, Paul said it's, it's not I that sin, but it's the sin that's in me. It's this nature that's in me, in my flesh that's doing the sinning. But now if, if I choose to allow my flesh to sin... What happens now, I could go to my father, 1 John 1, 9, and I confess to him, Father, now confession is not speaking, it's saying the same thing. So when you confess your sin, you say the same thing about your sin that God says. Well, he says some things about your sin. First of all, he says it's sin. That's deep, isn't it? So if you tell a lie, Father, I chose to lie and I call that sin. And I all, now, I'm, now I'm saying the same thing that he says. And Father, that lie that I told was condemned and, and judged once and for all in the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago. That's what his word says. Right? So now, Father, I come to you on the basis of 1 John 1, 9, and I've confessed my sin. I thank you that you remember it no more. I thank you that it's far as from the east as from the west. I thank you that I'm forgiven and made new. And right now, in accordance with 1 John 1, 9, I believe that I receive forgiveness for all my sins. Because you said, remember he said he would do that, right? And I also believe that I receive cleansing from all my unrighteousness. Notice, my unrighteousness has to be cleansed. 
So like, let's say you were out working in the yard today and you got dirt all over you. You'd have to be cleansed from all your dirt. So what would be left would just be you as you took a shower, right? Well, when your righteousness, when these unrighteousness, cleansing from all my unrighteousness, what happens now, I'm cleansed from all my unrighteousness, what's left? Righteousness. Notice, he didn't, he didn't take off my robe and throw it in the, the heavenly washer and dryer, the dry cleaner, right? No, no, I'm still righteous. So this is huge. So what saith it? Or you could say it this way. What do we say? How are we supposed to talk? Because we are the righteous, right? It says this. This is what we say. The word, the word of God is nigh thee. That means it's near thee. It's near you. So you walk around all day saying the word is near me. Where is it? It's in my mouth and in my heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Paul called it the word of faith because this revelation that God had given him, he believed that if he would preach God's word, it would produce faith in the hearers. We learn down in Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing. Really, that word cometh it's not in the Greek. It just it would read, so then faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now that's a little vague because in the, in, the, in, the, in the best manuscripts, it doesn't say word of God. It says word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing the anointed word. Christ, the anointed one and his anointed, his anointing. Well, what do you mean? Well, the Holy Spirit, when he reveals the word of God, the anointing is upon the word. As you hear the word of God, it'll lift burdens off of you. It'll destroy yokes of bondage, right? But the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. How does it speak? It has the word in his heart and it speaks it out of his mouth. Or in other words, the righteousness which is a faith, which is you, you speak God's word out of your mouth that is in your heart. Do you see that? Do you notice how that when we spend a little more time, like right there, I could tell we just went to a little bit deeper place with that. So how am I supposed to speak as I go throughout my day? I'm to meditate in the word day and night, Right? Why? Because I have to keep it in abundance in my heart. Matthew 12, 34 says, if I don't keep it in abundance in my heart, my mouth won't speak the word. If the word, if the word is not in abundance in my heart, what will happen is I'll start speaking out of my flesh. What am I going to do? These symptoms are getting worse. These circumstances are getting worse. Instead of speaking the word of God to my circumstances, so that the power of God could come on the word of God because Jesus is watching over his word to perform it. So see, he should always, you want Jesus' eyes on you moving in your life? You could have it all day, every day. You speak his word. Does that make sense? This is huge. If a person will hear God's word, faith will be produced. It's always the result of hearing God's word. And hearing God's word, it's not listening to it. It is allowing it to speak to your heart. The word hearing literally means, I give my full attention to God's word. Right? And I do that by putting God's word, reverencing, honoring, and respecting his word above everything else in my life. And when I am in that position, when I read his word, when I hear his word, when he speaks his word to me, faith is right there. It's right there. And, and so now I literally walk 24-7 by the faith of God. This is how I live, by the faith of God. Does that make sense? So let's keep going. 
Faith originates from the sound of God's word. As, his, as the sound of his word resonates in your spirit, faith is right there. God wants his word in abundance in your heart and in your mouth always. He never wants you to be talking circumstances. He wants you to be talking what he says. Right? To say we hold fast to this confession of our faith. It's the, it's the same word. It's the word homo logeo. I, I, I hold fast and I only say what God's word says. So if I do this, I can't ever say I can't do something. Because God's word says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It'll tilt your flesh. But it'll bring, it'll bring Zoe life into your life. If, I, if, if I'm going to live this way, I can no longer judge anybody but me. Right? I can no longer ever, ever put myself ahead of a brother or sister. I can no longer ever conditionally love a brother or a sister. Because, because Jesus says a new commandment I give you. That you love one another as I have loved you unconditionally. Now notice, here's the cool thing about God's word. When he speaks his word, his words are enablements. When he says to you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And when now when I say, Father, I thank you. I mean, you're in a situation that looks like there's no way. And you're just like, Father, I just thank you. Because you reverence his word above everything else that you see, everything that you feel, I thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What that does now, that, that enablement, that power to do that, God's now working on your behalf. Our job is to be willing and obedient. His job is to bring it all to pass. Does that make sense? This is big. Faith believes in the heart and speaks out of the mouth always. So, so remember, if you're in faith and you're facing a mountain in your life, faith will always speak to the mountain. But if you're not in faith, you'll want to go talk to everybody else about the mountain. What am I going to do about this mountain? Right? Because when you're in faith... Now you're walking out of your spirit and you realize I've been given the name of Jesus and everything must bow to his name. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. I don't really care about that right now, but in this world, it all has to bow, right? So poverty and lack, that's a name. Bankruptcy is a name. Past due bills are a name. Cancer is a name. Diabetes is a name. High blood pressure, right? They're all names and they all have to bow. Have to. So this is what this is faith that receives. Needs are met in God's kingdom system. How, how are they met? We get the seed of God's word first. We're, we're meditating in the word. Then what we do is we take that seed and we plant it in our heart. Because my heart is designed to grow things. So what I do if I'm facing, if I have a diagnosis or there's a tumor in my body or there's something going on, I looked and go, okay, what does God say about this? Oh, in Psalm 107.20, he said, he sent past tense, his word, and healed me. In Psalm 103, he said, don't forget one of my benefits is this that I heal all of your diseases. So I look to the word of God and I'm like, wow, he heals all of my diseases. He sent his word and healed me. Isaiah 53 uh, or 54 says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Right? We know the core of all sickness and disease. There's a spiritual root, an unseen foundation of all of it. Jesus said, it said he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil. He called sickness and disease spiritual satanic oppression. Well, I have a name. And I have his word. And then in Galatians 3, it says that Christ 
redeemed me. That means he bought me out of something and put me into something. Redeemed me from the curse of the law. What does the curse of the law mean? Well, I go to Deuteronomy 28 and I see that the curse of the law is spiritual death, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. He bought me out of it. How did he do that? Because he was made a curse for me. Why did he have a crown of thorns on his head? Because the Roman soldiers wanted to put it on there? Oh, no, no, no. No, the thorns, study it out. Thorns are a sign of the curse. Right? And what did he do? How did he die? He died looking like the tabernacle with his arms stretched out. That's exactly, the tabernacle looked like a cross if you would have saw it at night. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. By, Isaiah 53 says this, by whose stripes I was healed, or I am healed. 1 Peter 2.24, which was written years and years later, looking back to the cross, says, by whose stripes we were healed. And then in Matthew chapter 8, I look at that and I realize, in Matthew 8.17, it even says, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. So now, I don't have to. So now, the righteousness which is of faith, I'm just, I'm feeding on this stuff and now I walk around all day. If a pain hits my body, I say, pain, you gotta leave my body now in Jesus' name. Jesus bore my pain. He carried it away. I refuse, Right? Cancer, you got to leave. Diabetes, you got to leave. Blood levels, triglycerides, all this stuff, got to come in line with the word of God. Right? Now the Lord might teach you how to eat a little better or how to exercise and all that. That's great, and, and no doubt he'll do it. Just don't say no. Yeah, but I don't like salad. Well, so what? <laughs> right? If the Holy Spirit eats salad, your response is yes, sir. Right? If he tells you to eat Brussels sprouts, and I, I pray that he never tells me to eat Brussels sprouts. But if he does, I'll say, yes, sir. Because I know if he would tell me to eat a Brussels sprout, it's an enablement. So I would actually eat it and, and like it, which is way beyond, I'd, I'd have to feed on the word to get, get my spirit wrapped around that. But still, but do you see what I'm saying? The righteousness, which is a faith, speaks. It speaks the word of God and it expects it to happen. Why? Because, because what goes off when the sound of his word comes out of my spirit, all of a sudden I am fully persuaded that what he said is accurate and what I'm seeing or feeling or sensing or whatever is not. That whatever, whatever a tumor is subject to change but by whose stripes I was healed, that is not subject to change. And when the natural and the supernatural meet, something's got to give, and it will never be the supernatural. Amen. Does that make sense? So I keep the switch of faith turned on. I live by faith, so I'm always filling my heart with the word. I'm always walking in revelation knowledge of his word and I'm always speaking it out of my mouth. Oh, I'm not gonna speak anything out of my mouth apart from the word of God. And if I do, I'm gonna curse those words right away and go, Father, I chose wrong, that was silly. I don't believe that, right? This is faith. Faith speaks to the mountain. Counterfeit faith, which is not faith. It's, we call it mental assent speaks about the mountain, always. So I get the word of God, I get the seed of his word, and I plant it in my heart. And that how do I plant it in my heart? By speaking it. I get a scripture. Father, I thank you that you've redeemed me from the curse of the law, which includes poverty and lack and sickness and disease. I thank you, Father, that I'm redeemed from sickness and disease and poverty and lack. Father, I just thank you for that. What am I doing? I'm planting the word in my heart and now I'm watering that word, right? And you water it and pretty soon it starts growing. And all of a sudden, like what God told Joshua, Joshua, you meditate in my word day and night. 
You don't, you don't look at my right or left hand. Don't go after the long, healthy life. Don't go after riches and honor. No, you, keep, you, you meditate on my word. You keep your eyes on me. Why? Because if, how can you seek these things? You can't seek the blessing of God. Because the blessing of God overtakes you as you seek him. So if you're chasing the blessing, you'll never be able to get it. Does that make sense? Well, people get so mad about the prosperity message. Well, they think the prosperity message is money. But it's so much more than that. And, and, if, you, and if you are, 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 you know, I mean, you could get, go watch TV tonight. You know, and somebody will send you some water from Israel that if you pour over your wallet, you know, you'll be rich. And, <laughs> you know, but send them money or... Or, you know, if you, if you send me $1,000, then you'll, you'll get the Boaz blessing, and as God blesses me, he'll bless you. You know, let's just grow up and turn that off. And, and, and remember, we're, there are brothers or our sisters, maybe, probably. We need to pray for them, because wow. Holy socks aren't going to get the job done. Right? You need the word of God. I, I mean, we're laughing but it's ridiculous. People get mad. Oh, all you do is talk about money. Listen, you can't get a penny of your inheritance if you're seeking money. If you're in love with it, it's the root of all evil. So a Christian, man, we chase after God and we'll be blessed just because of him. And oh man, you know, we'll give it away in a minute. As a matter of fact, that's what really turns us on as Christians. How did I get off on all that? <laughs> so you plant the word in your heart and then you cultivate it every day. How do you do that? By continuing to meditate in it. God told Joshua, don't seek my right hand or my left. You meditate in my word day and night. Here it is, that you may observe to do all that's written therein. Or in the, in the literal translation, that you may observe yourself doing what's written in the word of God. There'll be a scripture that'll jump up and as you meditate it, meditate in it, all of a sudden you will start, as it grows, you'll start seeing yourself healed. You'll see yourself prospering. To be honest with you, you're not gonna see anything out here that you won't see in here first. The word of God is the seed your spirit is designed to grow things. It's Mark chapter 4. It's the parable of the sower. It is the most important parable that Jesus preached. He said, if you don't understand this, because this is the key to the kingdom of God, you won't understand anything. And what is the key? you got to have ears to hear. So let's look at this. Verse 9 of Romans chapter 10. You guys doing okay? Yeah. I sense there's just great hunger here tonight. I hope you leave here with just hope that what the enemy maybe has stolen from you, what's going on in your life, this isn't it. You are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We're not camping there, right? You, the word of God tells you that your father will always cause you to triumph. If you will just put him first and walk with him, he'll take you places that you've never dreamed never dreamed and he's not mad at you tonight i know i say that but when that comes out of my spirit god is not mad at you tonight he loves you he sees you as a world overcomer because he sees you in christ and he's for you tonight romans chapter 10 verse 9 it says this it gives us an example it says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Literally in the Greek it says, if you'll confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Or in other words, when you come to him, you say, Jesus, you're my Lord. That's just what it's saying here. And shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Past tense raised him from the dead. It says that you shall be saved. So that's how we got saved. The first thing that happened is I was made new and I'm now eternally secure. But wait, that word save means a lot more than that. It means delivered. It means protected. 
If you walk around saying, because Jesus, you're my Lord, right? You're my Lord and I'm yours. I'm protected. I'm delivered. The angel of the Lord encamps round about me to deliver me. I abide in the secret place of the Almighty. Oh, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. In righteousness, Isaiah 54, I shall be established. That means fixed and immovable, and I'll be far from oppression because I will not fear. And from terror, it will not come near me. Why? Well, we learn at the end of Isaiah 54, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I love that. That word also means to heal. It means to preserve, to prosper. I like this one, to make whole. Isn't that good news? To make whole. Do you know when you're whole, that means all that the enemy stole for you is back. He gets it all back. Yeah, but pastor, I'm the one who messed up. No, it doesn't say only for those that didn't mess up. No, no, all this is for those that have messed up. Because guess how many people have messed up? Every one of us, right? It all comes back, made whole. It literally means to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger and destruction, to save a suffering one from perishing, one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, and to restore to health. That's literally what that word means. This principle of having God's word in your heart and in your mouth is how you receive your salvation. Isn't that good news? So Romans chapter 10, verse 10. It says, for with the heart, now it's going to explain this, with the heart or with man's spirit, right? Man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto deliverance. Confession is made unto prosperity. Confession is made unto protection, wholeness, all of these things. See, you believe the word in your heart and you speak it with your mouth. That's what the righteous do. We don't, we don't, we don't talk down about other people. We don't talk about how big our circumstances are. They're nothing in comparison. See, when you're in faith, you compare everything you're facing to him. When you're not in faith, you compare everything that you're facing to you. And man, if you have, you know, cancer versus Tony, Tony's in trouble. Cancer versus Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth me. That, that he, cancer can't compare to that, right? So this is why this, it, it, faith brings substance to what you're hoping for. But a Christian's hope, Bible hope, that word hope doesn't mean what it does in the world. In the world, it means I may ha it may happen and it may not. But God, the word hope means a joyous, confident expectation. It literally means I'm expecting, I'm expecting it to happen because God said he gave it to me. Right? Not if. So I'm not, I'm not trying to become successful. I am successful in Christ and now everything in my life has to bow to that and everything has to come in line to that until what you see on the outside is exactly what's going on on the inside. I'm not trying to get ahead financially. I already am ahead financially. So that means that all this debt and all these bills and all this situation and, and this seeming lack, as the world would say it, it all has to bow to who I am, a righteous child of God who's been given his word that my God will meet all your needs. Does that make sense? An eternal jubilee, debt cancellation, all things brought back that were stolen, all this stuff. This is how we live as Christians. And you know, people could go and they could preach, well, you know, you, know, you never know what God's going to do. 
You could preach that, but I'd encourage you to stop preaching, Pastor, and go read your Bible. Because God says, I want to tell you what. I don't want you to be stupid. I guess the Bible calls it unwise. Tony Finley version. Stupid. Don't be stupid, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Right? Oh, yes, his ways are higher than our ways, but keep reading. He reveals them to us by his Spirit. He makes crooked places straight. He even said he would make darkness light before me. He said if I, or he didn't say if, he said when I walk through water, when I walk through rivers, when I walk through fire, he's with me and therefore it never, the fire doesn't even kindle on me. What that's saying is all the things that I'll face in this life, all the storms of this life, Will, you will not even be able to see that I even went through a storm because I went through it in him. And who's this for? Everyone. Everyone. This needs to get so big on the inside of us that we're running out of here to tell people, okay, Lord, lead us. Open a door of utterance. We just need to tell people, this is the God of heaven He's not, he's not hurting people. He's not taking out cities with earthquakes and volcanoes. and that, That's a bunch of nonsense. No, no, God is good and he loves people and he wants to get everything back that the enemy has stolen from him. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, faith believes in the heart and speaks with the mouth. Many, many believers are playing church. And because they've heard some scriptures, they're, re, they're reciting them like a parrot, but they've never meditated in them. They've never got revelation in their heart. And what they're doing, they're speaking. They're even speaking God's word, but they're not speaking out of their heart. Many believers are living in their flesh, and they want to live in their spirit, but they're unwilling to lay some things down. They're unwilling to maybe forgive or they're unwilling to obey the word of God. They're unwilling to do certain things. And, they, and, and it's frustrating because they know I'm speaking, but I know I'm not saying anything. Don't live like that. Put God first. You don't have to figure out anything. You don't even have to know how to do this. The Holy Spirit knows how and he'll lead you He'll lead you through it all. Verse 11. For the scripture saith, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. That word in the Greek means shall not be shamed, shall not be disgraced. Whoever believes on him shall not be dishonored. Now here's the thing. When you first are believing on him, you know, the word of God talks about keep your faith to yourself. Do you know what believers do? They get diagnosed with something and immediately got to go tell my whole family. And then all of a sudden, you're in a family gathering and you're like, you know, I'm believing God. And they're like, what? What kind of weird? And of course they're saying that because it's foolishness to them because they don't see it. Listen, if you go to a doctor, don't get mad at him if he diagnoses you with something. Thank him. And then when you turn around and leave, when you get out of his earshot, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I believe your word. And I'll see the manifest power of God. I'm healed. I, I'm not moved by that. Then when you go back to the doctor, will you go back? Yeah, go back. Right? Don't be afraid to go to the doctor. Some believers are so strong in faith that they're afraid to go to the doctor because they're afraid of what the doctor's going to say to them. That sounds like faith, doesn't it? Right? You can get to a place in God where you're not moved. We, we're, as Christians, what I'm talking about, the walk of faith means I'm no longer moved by anything outward. I'm only moved inwardly. That's who you are. This is your time. This life God has placed you right here 
for this season, and it's at the end of the age, guys. It's your time. Don't let Satan steal a moment of it by getting you to feel sorry for yourself or getting you to talk death over yourself, right? We need to rise up and condemn those tongues that are speaking against us because the majority of what's speaking against us is us. I can't do this. I keep failing. I hate myself. I'm weak. Get all that out. See, what, what do you do? You meditate in the word, and all of a sudden, that's all replaced with what God says about you. And he says, whoever's born of me overcomes the world. Amen? For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. See, one, one translation says here, in this word ashamed, part of this, part of this Greek word means literally shall not fail to receive. It has in it that word. I love that. One translation even says it that way. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Well, if you're not Jewish and you're not Greek, then what, what Greek means is everybody who's not a Jew, right? We call those Gentiles. So in other words, there is no difference between the Jew and everybody else. That means every human being is on the same playing field. For the same Lord over all. And notice, he is Lord over all. Now there's a lot of people on this planet that will say, no, he's not my Lord. I'm an atheist. But, but the word of God says he's Lord of all. And it actually says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But the thing is, I'd rather bow now and confess now. You don't want to do that before a great white throne judgment. You know, you have a chance now. This is the age of the dispensation of grace. God is not accounting man's sins against them. So now God can go to anyone and wake up their conscience so that they actually have a choice and they can choose Jesus. Now, some will say no, but this is why we got to be light. This is why we got to walk in love because you don't ever, you don't know. Somebody might have been, somebody might have been a witness to seven times, but they weren't in that looking zone. But, but when you got up and you stubbed your toe while you were getting into the shower and then the shower didn't work and then four people cut you off and by the time you get to work, you're just going, what the heck is going on? You need to rejoice because the enemy's probably trying to stop you from being light to somebody else. See, it's starting to live on a different level and look at things differently. Here's what the world will say, okay, so I'm a positive person. I say that this bottle is half full. Unlike the negative person. See how shallow this is? Who says that the bottle is half empty. No, throw the bottle out. Here's the deal. You're a child of God. My cup runneth over. So when I look at something empty, I see it running over because I don't ever see the outside. I see it here. This is what we're talking about. This is faith, right? But, but this is it, guys. We're not talking about positive thinking. We're talking about impossible thinking. We're not talking about natural life. We're talking about Zoe life. The life of God who speaks and calls those things which be not as though they are. Who can sit there. I could sit here as a 56-year-old man and I could tell the end from the beginning of my life, just like my father, that I'm going to live long on this earth and declare his works and I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm never going to fear evil. Why? Because he's with me. And I could do all things through Christ. And oh, as I'm walking down my path and I'm walking through fires, I don't, you know, if a mountain gets in my way, I speak to it and my God moves it. Does that, does that make sense? This is what we're talking about. That bottle thing is not fun. It's not just funny. It's truth. Today, you can look, you can look through the eyes of faith at an empty bank account and see more than enough and just hide and watch because God's working behind the scenes and he'll fill it. He'll fill it. It says there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich. That means he's abundant. He's more than enough 
unto all that call upon him. See, it's not a matter of what God can do. It's a matter of what you can believe because all this nonsense teaching for years that God blesses some and not others and you know he'll put sickness on somebody to teach him something. It's not in the Bible and it's time we stand up and we say, it's not in there. It's just not in here. And the God of heaven is a God who says yes and amen to you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, it says if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. As a Christian, all I got to know is my father hears me because it says all he does is say yes. If I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, the petitions that I've asked of him, I know I already have them. Yeah, but pastor, why, do, why does, are some prayers not answered? Well, some prayers aren't answered because we let it go. Right? If you get in faith and stay in faith, it's impossible for you not to have the answer. Impossible. You've never went, met one person. God has never lied to anybody. He's never followed through on his word with anybody. Yeah, but I know sister so-and-so just loved the Lord with all of her heart, and she died of sickness and disease. Okay, well then let's throw out the Bible. I got news about sister so-and-so. You don't know what was going on in her. You just don't know. I mean, I visited people in the hospital before. And man, when I come in there, they have their tape player going. They, they, if they have the TV on, or they probably normally would have the TV off. And they have their Bible there with a notepad with healing scriptures. And then sometimes I've went into the same person but I didn't call first. <laughs> and I walk in, there's no CD player. They're just sitting there, just being inundated with the world. There's no Bible, there's no anything. See, you don't know. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. You don't know if somebody is facing sickness and disease and they get close to death and they start seeing over and they don't want to be here anymore, so they just go home. But don't ever, don't ever make doctrine out of experience. We, we have to see what God said. Faith only comes by hearing his word. Don't minimize the God of heaven to fit your circumstances. Right? He's able. Paul is telling the Gentile Christians at Rome that God is no respecter of persons. So let's go with this. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. What does that mean? Calling on the name of the Lord. I'm so glad you asked that question. What that means is you're believing in your heart and you're speaking with your mouth. That's what calling on the name of the Lord is. It says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But now it says, but how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? It's impossible to call on God if you don't believe him. Tonight, if you're sitting here and you're just going, I Pastor, I just don't believe it. you got to realize whenever you choose to not believe God, I can't help you. You can't help yourself. God can't help you. There's no help. So what do you do in that? Oh, I would beg you. Just start, men, just start getting in the word and speaking the word over, over your life. Speak it. Yeah, but I don't believe it. Just keep speaking it. Because maybe in the midst of speaking it, all of a sudden you'll hear it. And then you'll go, oh. But you can't call. You can't call on God if you don't believe him. So you got to know, if you have sickness in your body, see, this is the thing. If I told everybody here, now this is just an example, not reality, but let's say you all just thought, okay, Pastor Tony, if he says something, he does it. And I said, okay, I'm going to give everybody in this room a $100 bill, except one person. How many people could have faith for a $100 bill? Nobody could. Because how do you know you're not the one person? So do you see how ridiculous this teaching is? God expects you to receive by faith. 
But faith begins where the will of God is known. So if you don't know God's will, so if you're sitting here going, well, but maybe he doesn't want me healed, then there's no, you can't be in faith. So you got to go to the word and find out. In the ministry of Jesus, was there ever a time when somebody came to him with any kind of sickness, any kind of disease, and Jesus, they came to him in faith and said, Jesus, I know you can help me, will you? There has to be, in the, if, if it's not always his will, there would have to be, according to biblical scripture, there'd have to be two or three of those. There's not one. Nobody ever came to Jesus in faith and didn't receive. The only people that didn't receive, the only examples we have are two. It was in his hometown, and it says that he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. you got to know what the will of God is. So whatever you're facing tonight, you get the word. What does he say? And then you start feeding on his word. Because what will happen is you'll start believing his word. And when you're believing his word, you'll call. You'll call on him. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? See, this is why, I mean, people get mad. God told me, he said, Tony, I don't care where you've been. I don't even care where you are. My question is, are you going to get over yourself and go from this point with me? Because I've got a great life for you. Have you ever had God come and get down on you? It's impossible because his word says he doesn't get down on you for the mess you've created. That's in James. Isn't that good? He's for you. It says, and how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's a proclaimer. Right now I'm preaching, but you're a preacher. I stand in the fivefold office of a pastor. You may not, but you're still going to be sent to preach a message to somebody. How, should, how can they hear unless somebody preaches? And I love this one. How can they preach unless they're sent? Man, I'm so glad he sent me. And I'm going to preach. And I'm going to believe God that we're all going to hear. And that we're going to believe based on what we hear. And we're going to act on the word of God and get all the results. Amen? The purpose of preaching the gospel is to bring information to people so that they can think in line with what God said Jesus did for us. It gives people, what, what does preaching do? It gives people God's word to govern their life. Tonight, I pray that you govern your life with this because it will change your life. The word works if you'll work it.